And welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight here on uh, AM 1240 KNEM. Again, thanks for finding us on the AM side only uh, tonight for tonight's Nevada Tiger Talk program. Had a little curve thrown at us for tonight with uh, an area doubleheader having to be rescheduled from last night to tonight between Liberal and Adrian. So that's over at 97.5 FM KNMO. But I do remind you, we have Missouri Tiger basketball coming up tonight as well uh, against Ole Miss as they take on the Rebels at 8 o'clock tonight. Tiger Network coverage beginning at 7.30. Right now we talk Nevada Tiger basketball with head coach Sean Gray and uh, we are recording on Tuesday as I mentioned earlier with head coach Blake Howarth I'm traveling on Wednesday this week uh, so uh, the coaches were kind enough to record on Tuesday with no games to be played and uh, so uh, Sean since we are talking to you on Tuesday uh, how things uh, uh, I guess in the bunker uh, dealing with all the weather and, and trying to at least get some practice or actually trying to get games in for you as well as now maybe some practices. Yeah it's uh, you know you just you kind of take things in stride and with the weather hitting us, obviously the game with Lamar got got pushed back to Thursday, and then um, you know Monday we did not practice due to the road conditions. And then, as it stands, you know while we're visiting here on on Tuesday morning, we still don't know. Uh, we haven't been given confirmation on any uh, road conditions as far as if we'll be able to practice this afternoon or not either. So, uh, you know, make a positive out of it and look at it as kind of an opportunity to uh, recharge the batteries and get some rest as we head into this uh, home stretch of the season here. All right, so we'll touch on Lamar again here in just a minute. Let's go ahead and uh, go back and uh, talk about Cassville, the team you saw this past Friday night, and came away with a relatively uh, easy 64-23 to victory uh, against uh, the Wildcats. There's no doubt Cassville is struggling uh, basketball-wise this year under new head coach with uh, just loaded with sophomores. Uh, so as you've talked about before, uh, your biggest opponent uh, probably going into Friday night's game is yourself. And uh, how, did you, how do you feel you came out and how did they stand how did your tigers uh, uh meet that challenge on friday yeah it's it's tough going into a game like that because uh it's a challenge i think sometimes to to be at full motivation uh when you know that the, the outcome of the game is probably not necessarily in question um going into it our we started off a little rusty on the defensive end i thought just went through some motions uh, especially in that first quarter i think we gave up 11 points but from that point on, Mike, uh, we kind of, I don't know, splashed some water in our face, face so to speak, and uh, woke up a little bit. And then we were really, really good defensively uh, during the last three quarters, and then especially in the second half. And, and in a game like that, that, that's, I think, the main thing that you look for. And uh, Going in as a coaching staff, we talked a little bit about we could full-court press, uh, Cassville, zone press, man press, and probably give them just a ton of trouble. That's that's what East Newton had done uh, earlier against them, and, and you know, Casco really, really struggled against that. But we thought that's not going to necessarily do us any good. Uh, so we really used it as an opportunity to work on some things. We, we, we played our 2-3 zone, our 3-2 zone, some half-court man, and then we've been working on a little bit of a half-court trap, uh, which you saw us play a little bit in the second half of that game as well. So uh, after the first quarter, we felt like we got some good things accomplished. Well, yeah, and you give up. You gave up eleven points in the first quarter. We talked. To, it was talked about on, on post game on Saturday about giving up only you know, six points in the uh, in the second half, three and three. But you only gave up six points in the second quarter. So after giving up eleven, you give up twelve. The remainder of the ball game, even though Cassville is somewhat somewhat uh, down, obviously down this year, that's still a phenomenal number to give up only twenty three points and twelve over the last three quarters. Yeah, we were really, really proud of our defense uh, in those last three. Just 
we kind of we we just ask ourselves at the end of that first quarter, and then especially at halftime. I mean, are are is this as good as we can play defensively? And if it's not, I mean, let's let's play a little better. And, and we sure did do a better job. We gave up a couple of right-handed layups in that first quarter that were just just us not taking away what we're capable of taking away. So yeah, really really good job and. Uh, uh, something we were proud of, and hopefully something we can build on uh, as we as we head into Lamar and Matt County later in the week. Twenty seven points off of turnovers as well. So uh, when you got the turnover, you you took you know, you made sure you made it effective. We did, and and we want to outrun teams down the floor. While we don't always want to make a game be played at a frenetic pace, we do want to take advantage of transition opportunities because you know at the five spot, Ben Hines can run the floor well, and then all the way through. All of our guards run the floor well, also. So we we really want to get out and go when we do pull pull a defensive rebound, and uh, we we definitely did that against Casper. And for the three point line, went seven to sixteen. That's basically forty four percent on the season. You're shooting thirty four percent, and I don't know what your what your magic number was. Certainly, most teams will take that. I think with your shooters, you probably thought that percentage would be a little bit higher at this point of the season. But uh, do you see that three point shot coming around for you? We sure do, and, and guys are shooting it well in practice. And uh, you know, just I think as as the season plays out, that number's gone up just a little bit for us. And I think it's more of us just having an understanding of what shots we need to take and what situations from which players. And uh, as we've gotten a better feel for that as a team, that percentage has started to climb. And it's at its very highest uh, come district play. Got a chance to get some guys uh, involved, obviously, with uh, the lopsided score in the in the ball game on Friday. Uh, Evan Ray of note uh, hits a couple of threes and ten points. He's a guy that knows we don't need him to take you know six, seven, eight shots a game on a, on a typical night. But he also knows that there will be an opportunity in, in, in a big game here down the stretch when he may need to to, to make a big bucket here and there. If if we go back to that. Web City Championship game in the Frontenac Tournament, he made a couple nice finishes. I think it was in either in the first or second quarter with his left hand around the basket. And those those four, five, six, eight points that you get from a guy like that uh, can make all the difference. And uh, it, it was good for his confidence and and just good for the balance of our team uh, to see him get going. Well, and uh, and Ben Hines comes up with eleven. But what's notable about Ben, is, and we've talked about this, I think, last week, the week before. He is getting to the line, and now he's converting at the line. Yeah, we. it was a weird funk early in the season. Uh, for a guy who in practice, you know, without having it charted, I'd say he makes between 70 and 80% of his free throws in practice. And then you know, just just early in the year, I think it, it was a combination of not having shot real live game free throws in a couple of years and just that different feeling. is is It's pretty hard to simulate, and he's definitely gotten back on a roll for us and as we've seen in years past, when you can convert at the free throw line and whenever, especially when your post player can get fouled and not be a liability at the line but actually be a strength, that's a good advantage and uh, that's something that I think we're, we're starting to have now with Ben. Well, we went down to, uh, to Cassville on uh, Friday night and uh, that may be as, uh, that gym may have been as close to a normal an atmosphere as we've had all season long uh, with their court warming and uh, the band, uh, which had the loudest drums I've ever heard in my life. Uh, but uh, I don't know, did you feel it? Did you feel a little different in the gym as opposed to most that you've been in this year? We did, and it's, man, it's fun. And, and there's been two or three occasions like that, but it was, it was definitely felt, I guess, the word is normal. Yeah, and 
yeah, to your point on those drums, Mike, <laughs> I, I don't think it may have been the end of the first quarter, and we're in the timeout, and, and we're on the op, we're on not on the the band side. We're at the other end of the floor. Mm-hmm. We're in a timeout, and I'm I'm not a quiet guy by any means. <laughs> I got done with a couple sentences, and they're kind of looking at me, and I the, the we had a break in the music, and I said, "Did you guys hear any of that?" And they just said, "No." <laughs> so. It, it was loud and uh, and uh, it was it. Was, I told coach I told coach Talley we're gonna have to get him in there. We're gonna have to you know with COVID you don't want to huddle too close together, but we're gonna have to get closer if we ever see that that situation again. So uh, it it was fun and uh, well well of course we want everybody to be safe. Uh, that feeling of normalcy I think was a nice thing for our ball club. Uh, for anybody who was there, I bet ibuprofen was a must after that game was over. <laughs> Uh, the most important thing is you get the 64-23 to victory and uh, thought we were going to have a game on Monday night at Lamar. Uh, the rivalry uh, renewed and two good basketball teams getting ready to go at it. Obviously, uh, that didn't happen because of the uh, the weather. And uh, so now, push back to Thursday, uh, tomorrow night. So, uh, same bat channel, same bat time. Uh, 5 o'clock for the, the C team, followed by the JV and varsity uh, tomorrow night. So, uh uh, I guess both teams now have had a couple of days to kind of get uh, uh, reacquainted with uh, their upcoming opponent, and you being Lamar. So we talked about him last week, but for anybody who missed it, uh, hit some of the highlights uh, for Lamar about what you expect tomorrow night. Yeah, they've been playing well lately. Um, you know, early in the season, they typically are not at full strength given the duration of their football season and how late they get such a big chunk of their athletes back. So some early season blowouts, uh, you know, lost to, lost to Web City early, lost to a state-ranked Lockwood team uh, early in the year as well. Some of those losses, and, and you look at some of those scores, not indicative of the type of, of ball club they have. Recently they went over to the, the, the Bolivar tournament, played a tough schedule, Camdenton, uh, Halias, some teams like that. So uh, even though Lamar is a little bit smaller school, they've played a tough schedule, they've played a bigger school schedule, and they're very, very athletic, uh, and and it's going to be a it's going to be a group that will definitely challenge us. They like to mix defenses. Uh, they've shown a lot of zone pressure, uh, one two two full court and one two two half court trap action. So we spent some time uh, with the short turnaround Friday to Monday. We actually were able to come in Sunday afternoon and, and and focus on a little bit of that, watch a little bit more film, and then without being able to practice Monday and not sure about Tuesday. About the only other thing you can do is, is is watch more film on them, become more familiar with every little set that they like to run, and and I, we would anticipate they're doing the same thing for us. And and you touched on it, rivalry renewed, and and uh, when you add the conference implications to this game, uh, it, it it's been a pretty big game for us over the last couple of years, and always a hard fought game. And uh, you go to Lamar, and and like a lot of a lot of places you go play, a tough environment, tough atmosphere, and like we talked about Cassville. Uh, we, you know, we got uh, their their policy, so to speak, and and basically it's just masks are recommended and, and try to social distance. So, no no hard restrictions on attendance or anything like that. So we look for it to be another night where the environment is pretty raucous, and uh, we should probably get Lamar's best shot. So we will definitely have to play well. 
They have not played East Newton yet. They are, they're not scheduled to play them actually until, uh, well, actually play them on Friday uh, to wrap up their conference schedule. So we don't really have that comparison uh, between the two. But you, you mentioned when we first started doing uh, the, uh, the Winter Sports Tiger Talks uh, earlier this season, uh, of course you pinned it down pretty much to Nevada, East Newton, and Lamar, probably be the three that would figure into this. Uh, so has Lamar been good enough to where you still think they, they figure in this thing by the end of the week? They've split with McDonald County. They actually uh, they they beat McDonald County in in a in a tournament, and then McDonald County, who I man off the top of my head, I think they've won six of their last eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, beat Lamar in conference play. So, you know the the scenarios where there's a three way tie with teams with one loss is is almost out the window at this point. So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd say East Newton is really in the driver's seat because even if they were to lose one game um, they'd have that head-to-head tiebreaker with us but uh, I do think I do think Lamar's probably that team that after East Newton and after us uh, on a night in and night out basis has the most athleticism I'd say them and McDonald County will be the next two teams just as far as uh, toughness of, of your opponent on a, on a given night so uh, it's going to be a dogfight and uh and and I'd say they'll give us all we want. And then they've had East Newton's number a little bit. They actually knocked East Newton off a year ago. So I think both of those games should be interesting. And, and Lamar, if, if they play well, if they shoot the ball well from the three-point line with the athletes that they've got, uh, they could surprise some people. Well, since rejoining the Big A Conference, uh, Nevada's gone 2-0 and against uh, Lamar, so hoping to continue that. Make that 3-0 and coming up tomorrow night down at Lamar High School. Again, 5 o'clock for the C-Team game, followed by the JV and Varsity. Of course, we'll have that for you on the coverage uh, tomorrow night on AM 1240, KNEM, and the online outlets, including Nevada Mo TV. All right, so let's talk about Friday. Speaking of McDonald County, that's who you've got on Friday night. Uh, McDonald County Mustangs have, uh, uh, as you said, have come on here as of late, now sitting at uh, – 7-10 and 10 overall uh, when you take a look at them. So uh, McDonald County, though, you know, 7-10, and 10, but they've won uh, what, five out of their last six. So uh, what have they done to get better? They've got a lot of length and, and, and just a, a lot of kids that play. So I think they've started to play to their strengths a little more. Uh, I've watched them in the, in the holiday tournament uh, down in the Osho, and they were just – just starting to turn the corner at that point. And then they've won some games. They beat a, a pretty good Neosho team. Uh, they beat Lamar. They, they've, they've really hit their stride. And they've got a 6'10 kid that, that they used to protect the basket. But now they've taken a – they've got another guy, a 6'6 kid, uh, the, the, uh, the McLean kid, Eli McLean, and they've put him up at the point of the defense to use his length to kind of create some trouble. Uh, and then they've, they've allowed the 6'10 kid to stay back and protect the basket. And their guards have started to play better. Early in the year, their guards were a little bit of a liability from a turnover perspective, and then they, they were not shooting it well. In a couple of the films I've watched, uh, they've created turnovers with their length on the defensive end, and their guards have shot it well on the offensive end. So it will be key for us to value the basketball, uh, not allow them to get tips and deflections with their zone pressure with all the length that they present. And then, you know, not take for granted that, that their guards are not capable scorers and make sure that they do not get, you know, horse three-point looks, that we, that we make them playmakers, make them uh, use the dribble to create looks. Uh, and then when, when the shot does go up, we've got to box out because we, we will definitely be outsized at two or three positions and uh, defensive rebounding will be at a premium. Since the first of the year, 
They, they've been scoring. They have been scoring a lot of points at 89 against Carl Junction, their first game back after Christmas. And then other than the loss to Monette, which was 66-53, they haven't scored less than 65 points. They've got 80 against Neosho. Uh, do you expect them to come in and try to put up a lot of points? I do. I, and I think, I think that zone pressure that they've given, they extend that up past the half-court line. They get a lot of deflections, a lot of steals, and then when the defense does break, excuse me, when the offense does break their pressure, a lot of times the offense gets a, a quick look against it. So the total number of possessions goes up, um, and then at the offensive end, they started the year trying to play through those post players a little bit slower offensive game, and they just did not have much success with that. But, but because while they do have the size, uh, they're six ten, six six, six five guys aren't real skilled in the post. Uh, their 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 best offense is getting crashing the offensive glass. So on the offensive end, they've started to play more through the guards, and then told those big kids just to go try to go get the rebound. So uh, yeah, they, they want to play fast. They want to get up a lot of shots. They want to crash. So uh, we've got to value the ball. We've got to make sure we get a good look at our end, and then when they come the other way, uh, force tough shots and make sure it's one and done, uh, and, and we clean up the defensive glass. Well, after uh, Lamar and McDonald County, that'll wrap up your your Big Eight West action and uh, get ready for uh, a long. And we know we don't know where it's going to be, but we know it's going to be a long road trip, and that'll be Tuesday in the crossover game. Uh, the boys' side, the East team, is hosting on uh, Tuesday night. So, uh, until you get maybe a little more clarity after the Lamar game, do you really do you have much of an indication where that possible trip could be on Tuesday? Yeah, uh, there are probably a couple possibilities, Mike. Um, I, I think people that like to prognosticate would say that Logan and Rogersville will win the East. I think they've still got a big matchup with Springfield Catholic. Uh, whoever wins that game, uh, I think will come out on top. Uh, Rogersville's got, they've got a move in uh, out, out of St. Louis. Uh, his last name is Don, who's who's one of the very best players in the state. Uh, he was committed to Western Illinois. Uh, he's since decommitted and is is planning to. Uh, attend prep school. Uh, actually, I, I think the same hmm. the same prep team that Logan Applegate's going to play on, and those two play together during the summer as well. So he's a difference maker. He's a big time player. And they're one of the best teams in the state since they've added him. Uh, but but it's them, and then it's probably Springfield Catholic at the one and the two, uh, with Mount Vernon maybe having an outside chance to to sneak in there. So uh, I'd say Springfield Catholic or Mount Vernon are probably the two most likely candidates. If we were to finish in second, or you know, if we don't play well against Lamar, maybe finish in third. And, uh, I haven't looked much deeper than that, Mike. I think Hollister has a pretty good record. They could, they could probably knock on the door and try to sneak in there. But like you said, I mean, whether you, whether you end up going to Logan Rogersville, Springfield Catholic, Hollister, uh, those are all long road trips. And we've already made the trip to Mount Vernon once. And you know, I think if, if you had to make one of those trips, our guys might, might look forward to another trip to Mount Vernon, just if there's any kind of redemption factor involved. Uh, we might be motivated to try to to try to get that one back after we we drop that one early in the year. Well, hopefully, a little more clarity after these next two ball games tomorrow against Lamar and Friday uh, uh, at home against McDonald County. So uh, we'll let you go on that, uh, Coach, and appreciate the time. Thanks for working with me on the schedule this week, and uh, hopefully, you're getting some practice in and and some games in. More importantly, uh, this week. So uh, again, thanks for the time, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night at Lamar. I appreciate it. Stay safe, Mike. You bet. Tiger head coach Sean Gray. When we come back, wrestling, they're in postseason play. Started with the girls last week in district competition. The boys have districts coming up this week. Andrew Pickin talks about that and more with head wrestling coach David Hawks after this timeout on Tiger Talk. 